Welcome to another NRL.com season preview podcast. Chris Kennedy and Jamie Soward to talk you through the Parramatta Eels 2021 prospects. Soward, thank you for joining us. Thanks, CK. This is probably one of the most... If last year was the biggest hyped year for the Parramatta Eels, this year is for the Titans. But whenever a team starts celebrating old championships like NRL.com did with the <laughs> Parramatta Eels... It's time for Parramatta to try and break that hoodoo because that would be killing them. As a former player that was at the Dragons and seen that, it yeah. kills you when they start winding back the championship years from 30-odd years ago. Absolutely. Well, yeah, like you said, a little bit more hype around them last year than this year, even though they're coming off a third-place finish. What do you make of that season last year? Because I find it really hard to kind of analyse what went right and wrong for them. The first eight or nine rounds, they were just trampling over the top of everyone. They looked almost unstoppable. They copped a shock loss to Manly about round nine or ten and were never quite the same after that. They looked tired. They were still winning games, but not so convincingly. Other teams were running just as many metres as they were. Their, their points dropped significantly. They went from being one of the top scoring teams in the comp through the first eight or nine rounds to being one of the bottom three or four, even though they were edging a lot of close games and then still managed to finish third and then just got swept out the, the finals in, in straight sets. Yeah, their, their season went in three ways. Um, to start the year, they looked bigger, faster, fitter, stronger than everyone. Um, then they sort of hit a bit of a wall. I thought Brad Arthur potentially was playing his middles a little bit too long, and, yeah. and that caught up with them from the opening rounds. You know, they were running over him, and so it's like, well, how do I get him? You know, how do I get him off the field when we're up 20 nil and we're just trampling everyone, just leaving him out there for another five? I thought that they paid for that towards the middle and back end of the year. Mitchell Moses getting hurt. Um, yeah, that I thought that that win that they had against the Panthers when the Panthers were rolling and they were the only team to beat the Panthers, I thought that did them more harm than good because they thought that they were probably in a better spot than what they were attacking-wise. Um, Moses gets injured. Gutherson has a month from, you know, Dallium history, like where he just goes, three, 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 bang. Then Moses comes back. Brown gets hurt. They never really quite get it all together and gel it to the fact where it's like, okay, boys, Reed Marty's going to do this. Moses is going to get to this play and look at these options. Gutho's going to be here. Dylan Brown's going to do this, and we're going to finish the set. Like, that's a perfect set, right? It came a bit like Moses is over here. Gutherson and Brown are sort of here, but what does that look like all together? And they never quite got it right. Then towards the back end, they look tired. They put in a performance – this was the, the play that defined their year, right? They play Melbourne in a semi-final up at uh, Suncorp and they are on top 12-0 and it's the it's the Parramatta Reels from rounds one to eight. Yeah. All right, they, they're, they're rolling through them. Melbourne are shell-shocked, even though it's Melbourne and they don't – shell-shocked, I mean, like Cameron Smith's got a bead of sweat. He's not really concerned. <laughs> They're kicking down to the right-hand side to Josh Adokar, Josh Adokar, Josh Adokar. Dylan Brown goes left to Suliasi Vunavalu, right, on early play. No one recognised that the kick was going early. Suliasi brings it back, bang. Brown goes again that side after they've exclusively kicked to Josh Adokar. Vunavalu puts Ryan Pappenhausen through a gap, scores, game over. Like it was just a whole different game plan to what they'd actually talked about. You know, and this is coming from a guy who, you know, BJ Leilua in grand final, we exclusively kicked in. We did not kick to Sam Perrett once in that. I think we kicked once in that grand final. Uh, Fiends, yeah, dummy heart. But other than that, 
if that's staying the course, and I just think they got their messages mixed up towards the back end of the year, which created them limping out in straight sets. Another example I thought sort of summarised their season, not so much from a, a gameplay point of view, but just from a mental point of view. Um, similar story the following week against South Sydney. You know, South Sydney were red hot. Eels weren't expected to win, even though they finished above them and came out and were really blasting them. Were up at half time, um, took a penalty goal in the second half, was almost in front. Mitch Moses, sharp shooter, somehow banks it into the post. No one's expecting it. Balls come down. No Eels player with an absolute cooey of it. South pick it up and somehow run the length and score or a try going to win with 38 24 and that from the moment from the moment that happened eels were still in a decent position in the game and could have won but the heads dropped and south had suddenly had a you know a bounce in their step and the eels just couldn't get it back and just mentally it just they didn't seem to handle it south sydney have one of the greatest coaches of all time probably the greatest coach of all time um stay in the course. You know, that's what made South so good towards the back end of the year is they knew what their plan A was. They didn't defer from that. Even if things weren't going right, what's the quickest way to get back to our plan A? And I thought that Parramatta had a plan A to start the year, middle of the year, it got to plan B and C. And then it was sort of like, okay, plan F. No, no, we do plan A. Different pages, creates indecision, creates, you know, going out in straight sets. What do you think of the uh, the team changes this year? they had a huge turnover, but not a lot of turnover from what's probably their their best 17. Um, Hipgrove and Cartwright come down from the Titans. They've had Oldfield and Opacek come in. One of them's going to have to replace Michael Jennings um, for the year. Um, a couple of hookers have come in. Joey Lussick back from Salford. Nate Roach over from um, the Warriors. Isaiah Papali, I really like over from the Warriors. I think yeah. he's the, the one recruit who's um, would have would have probably got a deal almost anywhere, but the rest of them, it seems a lot more like depth than anything else. Yeah. In, but it's also last year, they probably didn't have that. Reed Marnie goes down. They didn't have anyone. You know, yeah. Poor old Will Smith was thrown in there at nine and he can be that utility. But now they've got Joey Lussick. They've got Papaliti who can come in on edge if someone's not performing. Um, I think they've, this year they've got a lot more spread out depth apart from their best 17. So that Brad Arthur can say to the guys, right, Regan, Mate, you've been playing outstanding. We love you. You know, you've been playing 60 minutes a week. We're going to back you to 40 minutes this week and we're going to try and get someone else in there in case, you know, the worst, the best teams prepare for the worst situations at the right time. So, you know, it may have, Junior Paulo may have a week off rather than running him into the ground or, you know, and you get that competition, that healthy drive so that everyone's ready to go at the right time. So um, they've recruited really, really well. Keegan Hipgrave, he can keep his aggression intact and, you know, potentially Cardi's a big loss because he's been training so well and he can create that little bit of offload in second phase, which is when Parramatta were rolling last year, it was off the back of second phase because it brought Gutherson into the game. It brought Moses a running halfback into the game rather than set play for set play for set play. So um, he's, he's a big loss. I think he'll find himself in first grade, but they've definitely covered all bases this year, whereas last year they're probably a little bit skinny in some areas. Michael Jennings is a huge loss. Tom Opacek comes down from North Queensland, but probably not in the class of Michael Jennings in terms of being able to score tries. Defensively pretty good, but yeah, scoring tries is is a huge part of Jennings's uh, talent. Do you foresee, I think we all think Opacek's going to start the season. Obviously, Oldfield can play centre as much as he can play wing. As the season goes on, someone like a Will Penasini, he's not in the top 30 at the moment, but um, absolutely highly rated um, youngster. A few good players coming through the, the system out there at Parramatta. Yeah, and that's that's the next thing. You know, they'll probably be a little bit 
um, not jealous, but they've watched the the neighbours down the road in Penrith unveil all these young superstars, and they've probably held on to a couple of older guys maybe a, a little bit longer without giving those guys some footy. So, you know, maybe they've got the next Stephen Crichton in, in the wings waiting and they may get an opportunity to unveil it this year. What about the coach? He's been there for a while now. He's uh, got a lot of credits in the bank from the way that he handled them through the, the salary cap scandal. He's, uh, he's Parramatta through and through. He's got a pretty good win record if you, you take out um, – you know, the, the fact they lost all those points from the, the salary cap thing is um, if they give them those points back, he's made the finals more often than, than missed them. So he's, his record is not too bad, but just in terms of taking them to that next level, is Brad Arthur the guy? He is the guy. However, I think that they'd need to get to a prelim final this year mm. or next year, at least. Like he's got two years, I think. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll give him, yeah, there's... And let you, you can't sack your coach who's made the finals and played the way that they've played for him if there's you know, if he if there's no one else that's if it's not Wayne Bennett, Trent Robinson, you know, like one of those guys would have to want to come across. But I, I just think that Brad Arthur's shown enough and, and got enough credits in the bank, as you said. What about the the playmakers? We've touched on it. Mitch Moses troubled by a calf injury last year. Dylan Brown missed the last four or five rounds with a, an ankle injury. Coming into a really important part of his development now, Dylan Brown, where he's sort of gone from being the teenager that you're managing into first grade to a guy that can stand up on his own and, and win you a game. And then obviously Gutherson has been thereabouts. He and Dally M voting made his origin debut now. And Reed Marnie, like you mentioned, has got a little bit more help and support around him in, in Lussick and, and Roach. Is that How do you figure that spine in the, the greater premiership sort of equation? I think they're in the top sort of five, you know, complete spines, maybe, maybe a tad high without having them all in front of me. But the question is, can they get it all together at the right time? You know, can they, if Moses is cooking, can Dylan Brown play the supporting role that still puts him in the game? Yeah. You know, like I've mentioned many times with Jerome Hughes and, and Cameron Munster, you know, and Pappenhausen, what does that spine look like? You know, like, mm. so that, that for me is a big question because last year it did not gel at all. Reed Marnie looked tired. Gutherson was on a different page to, to Mitchell Moses. And then Dylan Brown came back from injury. So again, you know, cohesiveness and playing together is going to certainly top that up. But yeah, I need to see what it looks like fully in a big game, you know, ready to go. Because you remember that game they played against Melbourne without Melbourne had, I think Melbourne rested like 10 players. Yeah, they were missing all their, their top. Yeah, they only won 14 nil. It was like, yeah, wow. Yeah, it's it was it was really hard to watch Parramatta, who was so dominant at the start of the year, only beat Melbourne 14 nil. So um, I think that they're, they're, they're finals contenders. They're, they're in my top six but I don't know if they'll be third like they were last year. Yeah, so uh, I was going to say prediction time, but you pretty much answered it. So you reckon around that fifth or sixth sort of? Yeah, because I think the big four of Penrith, uh, sorry, Rabbitohs, Penrith, Roosters, Raiders, Melbourne, that sort of, that's your five. Um, yeah, Parramatta might slip a little bit this year. They're, they're It's dangerous times. Like <laughs> they've got the squad. It's not meant too many years you can say you've got the squad that, has got a, a you know, top five player in across across the board in most positions, and they've got that. So, um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see if they can get it all together. See how they go. Thank you once again for your insights. Thanks, mate. Cheers.